1: On my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. I'm going to kick off the program with a friend of mine, Kara Tepel, who is the executive director at the Lawrence Hall Youth Services. Since 1865, Lawrence Hall Youth Services has been delivering quality care to children and their families throughout the metropolitan Chicago area many of whom have experienced significant traumas in their in their lives. This agency has not only sustained itself for the duration, but it has also redefined how youth are educated and treated. And just on a personal note, Kara is perhaps one of the most sincere and genuine and amazing people I know. It is such an honor to have you on the show, Kara. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Thank you. Uh, so, Kara, I want to start as I always do with our guests in getting to know the person behind the organization, the person behind the microphone. Kara, can you tell us a little bit about you and your journey into Lawrence Hall?
3: Yeah, I spent, thanks so much. I spent uh, 16 years at the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services, so seeing a lot of the systems monitoring, seeing a lot of the system failures. And so I had an opportunity after about 13 different directors at the state where you kind of know the state system's a little bit broken. And I had opportunity to join Lawrence Hall. And I did that. It'll be seven years this year. Um, I could not be happier. I now get to not have to deal with the bureaucratic red tape. I actually get to do innovative programming with probably the best team around. So I am in my place that I call it like my forever place. So I'm glad for my state journey, but I am so much better on this side of the arena.
1: Which is exciting. And obviously, our listeners can hear the passion in your voice. And it's been a uh, you are certainly uh, you've taken the best from your experience of the state and you're applying it uh, really on behalf of the children uh, at Lawrence Hall, which is really exciting. And uh, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing, Kara, when, when I, and I think about this a lot, as, as you and I have talked Uh, for many weeks now, uh, since 1865. So tell us a little bit about the history, uh, the long-storied history of Lawrence Hall, and perhaps more importantly than the history, I'd also love to hear about how you're innovating in the times that we're in. No, great great question. So
3: think of, you know, orphanage for children left behind during the war, um, and then after various Mergers, Acquisitions, uh, you know, uh, we were part of uh, Mary Bartlemay, who was a famous juvenile justice uh, pioneer judge. Uh, we merged with uh, that program. And then, actually, six years ago, we actually changed our name to Lawrence Hall because we're always going to be about youth, but it was important that we're also about families and communities. And so over the last five years, my team and I have really been strategic about going into some communities of need where we can leverage our services. So we normally have been in Albany Park on the uh, northwest side of the city. And now we are in South Shore, Greater Grand Crossing, where we're able to offer workforce development programming. We expanded our foster care program um, and really just trying to make sure that we're meeting the needs of kids and hopefully stopping kids from needing system involvement altogether. So a lot of our programs started to focus in the last five years on prevention. So we've got a lot. We used to always deal with the Department of Children and Family Services in Chicago Public Schools as our main referral agents. And now we're dealing with the city. Uh, we're dealing with uh, federal government. So we really expanded our service lines to be able to embrace more young people and their families and hopefully stop them from needing other system involvement.
1: Excellent. I'm chatting with the CEO of Lawrence Hall Youth Services, an incredible, incredible organization since 1865, having tremendous impact. And carrots actually on that last word, impact, uh, that I want to dive a little bit deeper uh, into the numbers because you have... Uh, You have and your colleagues have and more importantly, your predecessors since 1865 have impacted so many families and so many children. Can you tell us a little bit about those numbers and some of the stories uh, that you've heard from your families and, and people that you serve? Absolutely. So every year, we service about 700 young
3: people. um, And that's in all of our programs. And then that might encompass, you know, somewhere around five to 600 of their families that we're also servicing. So I have a team of about 250 staff um, that do all this amazing work, uh, boots on the ground. And so, you know, we partner, we're not an agency that believes we can do everything ourselves. That's not how we operate. That's not how I operate. So it's always about building partnerships, coalitions, um, and really making sure that we're part of the solution. We're part of that community and that solution to the community. And we, that's really what we've been doing. And I'll talk a minute about South Shore because I'm really proud of the work going on. Um, I told you yesterday we had you know, Community Eats part of the city of Chicago. We got um, partnered with Young Dum Food Truck, and it was just awesome. We're doing weekly pop-up meals for the community. So seeing that impact, you can see the kid numbers. We have our performance and quality improvement data. But when you really see the lives of people people impacted and even impacted by just the smallness of what we take for granted a basic meal and seeing this food truck show up in the South shore community, right outside our office. And to see my staff there, my kids were there. And then the, the community, we served 75 people through Yum Dum food truck and just seeing the feeding of their souls. It was just amazing. And it was on all levels, my kids to see we had former young people and current young people that helped out. And my staff, everyone was just, Really excited about that. And what can we do more for the community?
1: And Lawrence Hall is really one of uh, Chicago, Chicago land's best kept secrets. And uh, hopefully through our conversation and many others, I'm hoping that we'll be able to introduce you and the incredible impact and the incredible work that you're doing uh, beyond. But I also want to uh, dive a little bit deeper into the support for Lawrence Hall. And of course, I'll make sure to share the website where people can show their support whether it's donating or, or other or other ways. But where does the where do, where does the revenue and where does the, the financial support for the for the impact that you're having come from?
3: And a lot of it, great question, too. A lot of it is, um, you know, state, local, federal government are funding. It's about 87% reliance. And so our our donor base of individuals, corporations, foundations is wonderful, but it needs to be more robust. So we're always looking for other people to get behind our mission that can start by joining our board of trustees, which is an amazing group of 27 uh, people that give their time as volunteers on our board. Um, You can get involved as a mentor, but ultimately we want you to get behind our mission and then talk to friends and families. Family, you know, do people, you know, resonate about what we do, and that can then hopefully lead to more financial support. But right now, we're trying to work on our individual donor cultivation, uh, you know, to try to move that pendulum even further down from eighty-seven percent.
1: And I love to talk, obviously, about the work that the that organizations like Lawrence Hall are having big picture. But I can't ignore the times that we're living in in COVID, and certainly that has required businesses. And nonprofit organizations to adapt and adapt. You have Kara. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you and your team of 250 incredibly passionate professionals have worked to ensure the the health and safety of of your uh, of your children that you're so privileged to work with
3: definitely great. And we're so privileged, as you just said, to work with these individuals and families. We don't we don't miss that every day. Uh, my team, I, just showing up has been incredible. But yeah, the, the young people, trying to support young people in a pandemic, especially kids that are in our most acute setting, which is our residential treatment center. Those are kids that come from juvenile detention, psychiatric hospitals. They've had seven to 10 failed placements in the system. And so imagine coming to the doors um, of a structured setting that's a treatment center, and then during a pandemic. So you can think of they don't trust us for one and hey I have to stay inside you know obviously before we entered phase four so we really have been innovative we have a music studio on our campus we have art therapy canine therapy so we're doing a lot of things virtually but whatever we can do with social distancing we're bringing in um, and, and doing it that way but it has been, Journey. I think young people absolutely want to retreat if they don't want to deal with their own feelings. Think of us in an isolated time; they want to just leave and try to get their needs met in a not not a healthy way. So we're just trying to find innovative ways to to do you know to reach them. So we have a lot of supporters that will call and say, "Kara, I've got some Chromebooks. Can you use more? I'd be willing to do some other type of you know yoga uh, virtually." So we're always open to any innovative therapy that is going to meet the needs of the young people that we work with.
1: Wow. Amazing. And uh, thank you for the hard work that you're doing. And again, one of Chicago's best kept secrets, Lawrence Hall. I've been chatting with the CEO, Kara Tepel. Uh, Kara, uh, obviously our listeners have a lot of questions. Obviously our listeners want to support your amazing work. How can they get a hold of you and perhaps donate and, and learn more about your, your mission and impact? Absolutely. we got
3: a big event coming up virtually on October 15th. You can check out our website at www.lawrencehall.org. And you can also email us at info at
1: lawrencehall.org. Fantastic. And uh, make sure you mark your calendar for that uh, virtual uh, event, October 15th. Check out the website again, lawrencehall.org. Kara, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Come back real soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Absolutely. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And my next guest, what a treat. I'm going to have the Consul General of the State of Israel to the Midwest. We're going to be talking about Startup Nation and all of the innovation taking place in the State of Israel and its impact around the world. We'll be chatting with Aviva Ezra when we return. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, SholemKlein.com. And uh, you can download podcasts from the past six plus years of shows. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm Aero Shalom Klein. We love to profile amazing people that are making an incredible impact. And my next guest is not only that, but also a very, very dear friend. I'm thrilled and honored to be joined by the Consul General of the State of Israel to the Midwest, my good friend, Aviv Ezra.
0: Aviv, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Shalom. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a privilege and honor. And let me just begin by wishing you a happy birthday. I'm sure your listeners would be happy to join me a couple of days ago and wishing you a happy birthday.
1: I appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate it so, so much. And, you know, I was really looking forward to this conversation because I talk on the air so much about COVID and coronavirus, which is very uh, what I just described to you off the air is very short term. Um, Bottom line: We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, and we're going. I wanted to talk to you more about the big picture and the term that's often used for the state of Israel uh, and uh, and the the opportunities is start up nation. That's the moniker that's used to describe Israel's remarkable economic advances through technological innovation. And Aviv, you have you have been responsible for introducing. Illinois companies and across the Midwest to Israel, and Israel to the Midwest. Aviv, what are some of the things that you are most proud of and some of the connections that you've been responsible for developing?
0: Well, Shalom, as you said, as in my capacity as the Israeli Consul General to the Midwest and the United States... Uh, our focus is actually to connect the dots between nine states and the state of Israel. Now, that falls in three major legs. One is what we call the community connectivity. The second is the political connectivity, and the third is the business or the economic connectivity. The, the last two legs are interwined. That's politics and business. Why is it interwined? And this is what we actually are doing in major uh, reach out to the states here, is that when you meet uh, governors, members of Congress, U.S. senators, state legislators, mayors, etc.? what they're really interested is after a great support to the Israeli-U.S. bond that we have is a focus on how can we work together business-wise? How can we bring Israeli companies and investments here? And vice versa, how can we bring U.S. companies from the Midwest and investments back to Israel? So I, I had the opportunity of uh, bringing to Israel in the last uh, three and a half years about six, actually six governors, each one of them with a specific different theme, which is a business-oriented theme. So if I brought the governor of Michigan, he was focused on cyber technology. When I brought the governor of Illinois, it was more a combination of innovation. When I brought the governor of Iowa, it was AgTech, governor of Wisconsin, Watt Each one of these niches that Israel has an added value in, is an interest that uh, is steered among the politicians over here and the decision makers over here. And when they come to Israel, they bring with them a delegation of usually 30, 40 business people, like the the, the governor of Michigan, as I mentioned, but the CIO of the states and 40 CIOs of other companies like Ford and GM. And later on, they, you know, after they came back, overwhelmed by what they saw. I guess, the level of uh, entrepreneurship and uh, the level of innovation, many of them open R&D centers in Israel for those companies. Ford and GM just did the one, the, the, just uh, two examples. Ford just did that a couple of uh, months ago.
1: And, and Aviv, I also want to talk about the academic partnerships, because that's something that that almost every university around, I mean, our listeners are primarily in the Chicagoland area. Um, and pretty much every university has a, has an, a, an academic memorandum of understanding with an institution in Israel. And that results in some of the innovation that is taking place. Aviv, can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. Um, look, the best example is, for example, uh, the trip that the governor of Illinois had to Israel. He brought with him a delegation, which is a combination of innovation and technology, but also academia. So he brought with him President Killeen, the president of the University of Illinois, and he brought with him a couple of his deans and uh, provosts, and they came to Israel. They uh, uh, met with some of the major Israel universities, Hebrew University, Tel Aviv University, uh, uh, Technion, etc. And when they came back over here, they uh, decided that as part of the innovation center that they're uh, building right now here in the, in the South Loop, uh, uh they will pick Israel as their first international component for that innovation center. So that innovation center that by the way, the state of Illinois has appropriated about five hundred million dollars will of course have to have uh, will, will have uh, international connectivity and President Killeen from University of Illinois has decided to pick Israel as uh, the first international or maybe the, one of the fir- one of the first two. International component An MOU was signed between University of Illinois and two of the other universities that I mentioned in Israel, and the idea is to have exchange of faculty, students, but also companies and uh, uh, and entrepreneurs from both both Israel and uh, Chicago in this sense. That's amazing.
1: And although I said when we started this conversation, I didn't want to talk about COVID and coronavirus. The reality is that many of us are stuck in our stuck in our homes and, and things like that. So I wanna I wanna paint a rosier picture. And the best rosier picture that I could paint is what's going on in Israel. Israel is a pretty diverse Uh, country, a pretty diverse, as we say, startup nation. Aviv, can you tell our listeners, many of whom have traveled to Israel, your favorite spot in Israel and your favorite food in Israel?
0: Well, first of all, before I get to that specific food and the specific spot, I would say that one of the challenges that I've found in connecting both the Midwest and Israel is the fact that in the last Almost two decades, we did not have, and this is just mind-boggling, a non-stop flight connecting Chicago and Israel. And you oh, trust asked me, I was I...
1: teeing this up. I, I was getting ready for the big announcement. But go ahead, please.
0: Right. Well, well, you asked me the first question. What, what, what was my kind of a most proud moment and the kind of a legacy moment, right? Every administration ending up with a kind of a legacy. I have another year here, and uh, my claim to fame, I wanted it to be in uh, reinstalling a nonstop flight from Chicago to Israel. Because what I hear from business people back in Israel is, look, if it's going to be shorter for me to make it from Israel to the Silicon Valley than from Israel to Chicago, I'll just fly to the Silicon Valley and I'll make my business over there. And what we managed to do is we managed to finally uh, create a situation where we have El Al decided to fly a nonstop flight from Israel to O'Hare. Uh, the, the inauguration inaugurational flight was supposed to be March 22nd, but unfortunately for all of us, COVID-19 decided to visit uh, globally here. And this changed dramatically all the plans, both for El Al and others. And that line, unfortunately, had to be postponed. At this point, I'm very happy to announce on this show that we are looking forward to a possibility for uh, a different carrier. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called United. Uh, that uh, will fly, hopefully nonstop from O'Hare to Israel, COVID permitting, uh, in September. And uh, if I understand correctly, three times a week. And this will definitely be a game changer. And we're extremely, extremely excited about it, looking forward to it because it's going to be a game changer.
1: That's amazing. But but you're not getting off the hook. What is your favorite food and favorite spot in Israel?
0: <laughs> Thank you. So look, my fa- my, my uh, I know that my wife is going to be listening to this. So what? But, but I told her that what happens here stays here. So. My favorite food is no doubt about it. It's, uh, it's the falafel. I mean, the best falafel you can get is in Mahne Yehuda in the market over there in uh, in the Jerusalem. And I, uh, I look forward to hosting each one of your uh, listeners to come and check it out and see if I'm uh, on the right spot or not. <laughs> Uh,
1: absolutely, Aviv. that's probably one of my favorite memories too. Street food—we all love street food—but there's there's no other place than in Israel where, either in Tel Aviv or in Jerusalem, where you can walk up and down the streets and see people from all different cultures and all wa- different walks of life. When we started this conversation, I, I started talking about startup nation, and there's so much innovation that is taking place. By the way, many of which is in response and helping to 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 find. Uh, the, the, the treatment cure for, for COVID. But I'm curious, Aviv, can you talk about any of the innovation stories uh, very briefly in our one minute remaining
0: that our listeners might not be aware of? Yeah, I mean, as you said, Israel is focused in the recent decades in high-tech, biotech, telecommunications, IT, cyber, artificial intelligence, startup nation in the sense that we have the highest startup uh, per capita in the world. You know, just just recently when it comes to COVID, you could say that uh, over 300 companies either developed new or uh, readjusted existing technologies to, just to, COVID, to combat COVID-19 and the effects of it. Uh I would say in the first quarter of 2020, over $3.6 billion of investment in digital health technologies, just in digital health, in 142 deals. That's a 79% increase from the same period of time last year. We have uh, examples of uh, companies like 30-minute COVID-19 test that is developed by AID Genomics. It's an FDA-approved uh, company. Um, again app, which is a contact tracing app, and many more. I don't want to take more Amazing. of your time, but I, I really look Amazing. forward to talking more about it absolutely i've been chatting with aviv ezra
1: the consul general from the state of israel to the midwest talking about startup nation favorite foods and that direct flights united between chicago and tel aviv aviv uh, where can people learn more about the consulate and uh, all about the important work that you're doing in the midwest
0: thank you please look us up on our social media platforms Uh, i have uh, the uh, facebook under aviv ezra linkedin under aviv ezra the consulate has a page of its own please look us up a twitter account of course Just search it and we'll be more than happy to have that. Thank
1: you, Aviv Ezra, Consul General from the State of Israel to the Midwest, for joining us on Get Down to
0: Business. We'll be right
1: back. Back on the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship, and I'm thrilled to bring in an amazing entrepreneur, a neighbor of mine, Madeline England, who is uh, I, amazingly on her website, uh, needsandoncebakery.com, the owner of Needs and Wants Bakery. I love the title over here, Liberty and Justice for All, including the best coffee ever. And I can attest to that because I'm a regular visitor. Madeline England, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: It's great to have you, and indeed, you make the best coffee and the best pastries, um, but you have also used your cafe, your bakery, as a gathering place to make impact, social impact, civil impact, and I know you're really passionate about that. Madeline, can you tell us a little bit about what's driving you and how you're using your cafe and your bakery as a, as a, as a platform for and, and what, what your thoughts are on what's going on in the world.
2: Sure. Um, so the bakery, my wife is the pastry chef, and my son runs the front and makes all that amazing coffee. And I am really somebody who works in the background a lot, and I try to do a lot of networking. We like um, the idea of having a community-centered space in the middle of downtown Skokie to attract that kind of community and make sure that we have a presence in, in our society, as well as inviting other people to have a place to sit down and talk. So the idea of a cafe is really important to us in general. Right now, um, this time of civil unrest, there is a lot that is driving me and, and my thoughts about what's happening right now. And I know this is radio and you can't see me, um, but I am white And I wanted to explain that to you because (laughs) I have um, a a new perspective on racism and considering race in general and um, a new... New way of thinking about the civil unrest, and I thought that I could share that a little bit. Please do, Madeline. Please do.
1: That'd be great. Uh, Because our our listeners, our our entrepreneurs, our business owners, they are at the they're on the ground floor of of what's going on in society. So your perspective is so important. That's what I wanted to bring you on for, Madeline. Please elaborate.
2: Thank you. Um, so I have one son who is 25 years old. He is also white. And since then, I got married and I have had they they and my um, spouse came with two small children, and both of them are black. And well, they're mixed race, actually. But the way that I have understood things now is that society really sees them as black. There is really no such thing as mixed race. Um, when you're, thinking about people's race and you're looking at people and identifying them in a way. So I have um, experienced a little bit of the racism that has been happening um, in, well, I should rephrase that. I'm sorry. I I personally have not experienced the racism. I have seen that. Um, So for example, um, when I was at the gym with my youngest son, um, he was working out right next to me. And uh, we were in a private class that I had been in for quite some time. And a woman walked in and went right up to my son and said, are you here with somebody, little guy? And, you know, I was standing right next to him. And I was really surprised by the whole thing. We were together. There was no one else around us. And it seemed obvious to me that he had to be with me. But I guess since we were different colors, it did not occur to her that we could be together. And and that was something that I had not experienced with my older son, who is white. Um, and that kind of sort of experience was made me really, Really look at things differently. And so I became really in tune with how a lot of our young black men are being hurt and killed. And I became concerned about that for my own child as well. And it um, is a, a, a different perspective for me because I did not have that same concern with my oldest son. Um, and, you know, I, I instilled a lot of values in both of my children that you are important, you are important valuable, you belong. And I feel like I have different conversations with my younger child about that who's black than I do with my older child in terms of the fact that some people don't see that about him right away because of the color of his skin.
1: Madeline, do you think there's an actionable thing that we can do? Is there something that you want to see from business owners?
2: You know, from everybody, I, I would like the conversation to happen actually. I would like everybody to talk about their own experiences, how they feel. And I want people to not worry about whether they're racist or not because I think that's not relevant. I think that we all need to talk about it. And I think that. Um, I don't mean to say that racism in general is not relevant. Just whether you perceive yourself or you think other people perceive you as racist is not the point. I think we all have to talk. And I think that we have to think about our own privileges. And I think that um, that's the important aspect that we should take away.
1: Amazing. Amazing. And I want to have you back on, Madeline. I wanted to introduce this because the information is... This conversation is so important. And it's important that people understand... What is going on? And some of it is unconscious bias. Some of it is perhaps conscious, but uh, the, the, the important thing is that people are making a difference. I always say this to our listeners, make every day a little bit better than the day prior. And that's what's really important. And, and make an effort to, to make this world a better place. Madeline, um, you have an amazing gathering place in downtown Skokie, as you mentioned. Can you share uh, how people can learn more and perhaps sit down for a conversation Obviously socially distant
2: exactly. right now our lobby remains closed. We have outdoor seating. Um, we have you can take out food from our app or call us. you can um, show up and order from us we we have a little host stand that we like to help you with um, and until we can fully open up our lobby, we would love to meet you outside and needs we are at once from- bakery. 8, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Lincoln Avenue in downtown Skokie. Needs and check ones. it. So Look mar- up Needs yeah. and
1: Wants Bakery and come out for a visit. We'll be back and Get Down to Business in a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. You can check out my website, shalomplan.com. That's where you can download six-plus years of podcasts on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, that's what my next guest is all about. I'm thrilled to be joined by Marie McKinsey. Um, from Brown Innovations, innovation is probably the best way that I would define uh, my guest, Maria. Welcome to the program.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy Absol- to be here.
1: Absolutely, such a pleasure. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about Brown Innovations, um, Maria. Can you tell us, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how it's led to entrepreneurship and innovation.
4: Sure. Um, I've always always been in sales. I always loved the hunt. You know when I when somebody tells me no, my brain hears oh you should just ask again. That's what you should do. So I uh, I I stumbled onto this company. It's a smaller company and uh, it's located in Chicago. Manufacturing is in Boston. uh, Completely out of whatever I've sold in the past, and it's basically a technology, almost a an idea. And uh, these guys can take audio and mold it like it's clay and create zones. Uh, in any public place, so that it doesn't bleed out and cause noise pollution. And there are locations all over the globe, in, uh, in Israel, in um, in Europe, in France, in the United States, every museum, airport that you could possibly think of, uh, there's probably one of our directional audio speakers. And, and so the point is, is you don't notice comfort. them, uh, because uh, you're just supposed to hear
1: Absolutely. And so COVID hits and you have taken that uh, innovative team and that, that, that technology that, that's out there, your sound equipment manufacturing line, and you have innovative, you have innovated, which is indeed the name of your company, Brown Innovations. So tell us a little bit about what you have been producing. And as we just said, just before uh, coming on air, I actually just saw one of your products in action.
4: <laughs> okay, so so as things slow down, as they do for everybody, we are lucky that we have a manufacturing facility in Boston. And we started playing around with uh, one of our 3D printers and uh, started creating face shields because uh, we realized there was a need for PPE, PPE gear. And it's, it's- much as we could, we had all these volunteers that showed up and we started making these shields for the frontline workers. And when that need was fulfilled, we noticed that there were a large amount of people that weren't just frontline workers, but that were trying to go back to work and needed protection. And at this time, face masks were very difficult to find. There's a shortage. So we started selling them to dentists and then restaurant workers called us and uh, salon workers and teachers, and then we realized that we didn't really need to just sell them for people that needed them for work, but just a person who might want to go out uh, in public. And you know, masks are great. I still carry masks uh, in my pocket. They're easy, but there are times when they're uh, they're a little uncomfortable, especially in Chicago here when the weather's very warm. And so uh, we started selling them just to, to people who want them for their families. And so we have all co- types of people that are purchasing them now. And they, uh, you know, sometimes you have to wear the masks. And we understand that they're, you know, uh, that some, some people think that they need them more. Um, but I, I, will, I will say that for a certain lifestyle, uh, the, the shields are wonderful um, and, and they are recyclable. They are reusable. You just clean them with an alcohol-based product. They're very lightweight and comfortable. You can breathe when you when you have them on. Sometimes people have an issue with the masks uh, you know, in their, when they're on their face. Uh, I, I, I do see a lot of masks on the ground too as I'm walking around, unfortunately. And so these things are, you, know, you don't really wanna throw them, you're not gonna just drop them in the ground. Um, and they, they do come in two sizes extra large and large. We did notice that there are some people that have larger head and so they need a little more help. I'm going to put one on right now to show you. You just take a little strap and you just tuck it right over your head. Now, this one I happen to have blinged myself, this is like And, and what,
1: what, what's fascinating, I, I have my glasses, what, I what's fascinating, Maria, is that obviously we are on radio and I, I, I am listening to you and I cannot hear much of the difference as you're wearing the mask, which is so important. And one element of this, which is so important, is right now, as we're talking, we are we are in Illinois, we're in phase four, we're likely going to be in phase four of the reopening for a long time. And that means that schools will likely open over the coming weeks and months and all that. And one thing that as business people, we all know is that we, we rely on, on interaction. When there's a mask on, it is really hard to see people's reaction and see the excitement in the conversation. The face shields allow you to, to interact in a whole different way. Tell us a little bit about some of the reaction you're hearing from your customers and people that have been taking advantage.
4: Well, I'm definitely getting orders from speech, speech uh, uh, therapists, uh, teachers who are dealing with younger children who want to be able to have an interaction and not frighten them, you know, to, to show their emotion. Uh, people who are in the restaurant industry and working outside and don't want to get a strange tan line on their face, you know, when they're wearing a mask all day. Uh, I'm also getting comments that people can recognize others, and uh, so they like the shield better. Uh, you know, besides, of course, the comfort. And uh, there's also the um, the consensus out there that this is a, a droplet, you know, you can get this from droplets, and it does protect your eyes as well. Because oh, you So, can so get, the
1: safety benefits, uh, you know, too, which is so eyes. important. So, uh,
4: and one comment uh, that somebody made that I thought was very funny is you can't wear a face shield wrong. <laughs> and I've walked into plenty of restaurants where the Uh, person behind the counter has pulled the mask so it's they're actually wearing a chin mask and so you know that sort of negates you know not much of an impact
1: absolutely lots of benefits to the face shields from Brown Innovations Maria I'm going to squeeze in a quick break we're going to come back with Maria McKenzie from Brown Innovations in just a moment you're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship Maria McKenzie of this incredible remarkable face shield will be rejoining me in just a moment on Get Down to Business So I've been taking notes in my conversation with Maria McKenzie from Brown Innovations and uh, her team has uh, has re retooled directional sound equipment manufacturing line to, to produce great quality face shields. And we've just been talking about all of the benefits of face shields. Uh, obviously, I think most importantly perhaps is that is that interactive uh, side of things and we were just talking about the how it's actually more protective and you know right now as i was just saying before we squeeze in a break um people are going out to eat and you can actually keep the face shield on while you're eating i just experienced that literally just a couple of minutes prior to this recording so maria your team is so innovative uh you are obviously rolling this out to schools and 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 You know, folks all over the place. Uh, So, uh, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find your face shields. Can you share that website?
4: Absolutely. Our website is uh, browninnovations.com, www.browninnovations.com. We make our products in the US, we manufacture in Boston, and our sales office is located in Chicago. And you can learn all about the shields and, of course, our other products uh, uh, on the website. Um, and our phone number. Everything's there.
1: Fantastic. And Maria, um, when we started this conversation, we talked about the incredible work that your team was doing pre-COVID. Are you continuing to uh, to manufacture the directional sound equipment? When do you hope to get back to that?
4: We are. And as a matter of fact, which, which is what's very interesting that we tried to explain to people before COVID hit is uh, we, we replace the uh, headphones. So when you go to a museum exhibit and, for instance, uh, we had a call from a tour uh, group in uh, Charleston where people were putting on earphones uh, and then taking them off and sharing when they were going through tour sites. You don't have to do that anymore. People don't want to do that because of, uh, you know, contagion, um, uh, contagious germs. So we now can put our uh, speakers into areas where people can avoid using uh, shared headsets in exhibits and immersive and interactive places. So it's actually been helpful. Of course, slow taking off. Everyone's, you know, still not back uh, up to speed. But we anticipate that'll catch up very quickly.
1: Well, you know, you're doing the right thing by innovating and, and providing a critical, uh, or initially providing that PPE, which was so critical. And now uh, now that we're in phase four and we're reopening and we're getting back into business, you are actually really helping to reopen the economy by ensuring that that folks can do business together, that people can Go out, but do it safely. So I've been chatting with Maria McKenzie from, again, Brown Innovations. Uh, Maria, can you share uh, the contact information one more time for our listeners that want to get in touch and want to make sure you get those cool face shields?
4: Yes. uh, Phone number is 773-477-7500. And our website is www.browninnovations.com
1: browninnovations.com. Check it out. And uh, you know what? Send, send me a picture through my website, com. Let me know how you're using your new face shield from Brown Innovations. Maria, thank you so much for joining me on the air and good luck thank with everything. And thank you for all the important work that you're doing. You're listening to the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. What a fantastic lineup that we've had. We spoke with Kara from Lawrence Hall. we chatted with Aviv Ezra, the Council General of the State of Israel to the Midwest. Madeline England from Needs and Wants Bakery. And finally, Marie McKenzie. All of our wonderful guest contact information will be posted on my website, shalomkline.com. And on my website, we've been on the air for over six years. I can't believe it. So check out the website and you can download podcasts from the show. By the way, you can also subscribe to be notified about uh, new shows. Go through the website as well as Spotify, Google, Apple, and all those other places. But remember, right now, it's all about economic development. We need to make sure that we are revitalizing our neighborhoods and make sure, making sure we're doing it safely. That's what the show is all about. I post regularly on my website. So let me know what you're doing, how you're, how you're working to, to reopen safely, how you're working to make... Your community, your neighborhood's a better place. I love to hear the stories. Love it when people reach out to me. And while you are on my website, also be sure to click on the link for Tom Abali, our health insurance expert. You can check out his website, healthplanchicago.com. He's a wonderful supporter of the show. Reach out to him. Tell him you heard about him on Get Down to Business. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer.